right, so here we are. Welcome to Healing the City podcast with Amanda Marquardt and Eric Seepin. And we are going to do a review because this is uh, the Soul Care podcast. It's it's kind of really slash soul care, spiritual formation, neuro, interpersonal neurobiology. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and whatever we feel like. Yeah, it's very integrated. It's integrated. Which is what we're going to talk a <laughs> little bit about integrated. at some point. Yeah. yeah so let's. I'm going to basically throw out some terms and ideas and have you just kind of explain them a little bit. Okay. And so let's just start because this podcast started as the trauma podcast. Right. Let's start with the word trauma and yeah. kind of talk about that and then talk about stress. Yeah. So let's yeah, connect yeah, those yeah. two. Yeah. So, and it's good to connect the two of them because they really are very related concepts, as you know, and as we've talked about. But so trauma is anything that overwhelms your physical or psychological ability to integrate and cope with it. Um, so we say like trauma happens when you go through an event that is has high stress um, that your body either isn't able to complete its self-protective response um, or psychologically you you just can't integrate the experience so for instance like if you were to go through um, parental sexual abuse right your top-down processing psychology can't seem to handle wait a minute, this is my caregiver who's really nice to me and feeds me, and now they're doing this thing that hurts and scares me. In addition, like, your physiology is also kind of sending out the red flags of, like, you need to run away and you can't. So that's like a a top-down and bottom-up where your self-protective response to protect yourself and get you out of that situation isn't able to complete. But then there's also this other element of what's happening from the top-down, from the thoughts, um, and and how that impacts how you see the world and your caregiver. Very good. So quickly, and we'll just do it short, top-down, bottom-up. Can you just look at the brain real fast? Give us the bottom up and top down just so people know that at least we're talking about a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it is, again, like the integration of um, the bottom up processes come more from the body itself. And then it's integration with the spinal cord, the central nervous system, um, the stress response system that comes from like we call the triune brain. Revisit that of the lizard brain, that base survival instinct part of our brain. And then the mammalian brain, that's the like more emotional emotional, scanning for danger, keeping a safe kind of place. So bottom up tends to come from the integration of those parts of the brain into the body and the self-protective response. And then top down comes from this the, the very top level brain, the human so like brain. Your frontal cortex. Yeah. And, you and know, of parts, course, like yeah. this is vastly oversimplified. Oh, so, yes. We, yeah. we, we're not, we understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that top down tends to refer to um, the processes that are unique to humans um, that, as we have talked about, like, you know, other animals are not walking around on the tundra or in the jungles with post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Um, right. So it comes from top down kind of refers to what we would call like cognitive errors or having really black and white thinking or catastrophizing or having shoulds or having like personality stuff. Um, we're just the filters that you see the world in and your beliefs about yourself, the world, other people, um, can be, I would say like often they'll say distorted, but it might be just unhelpful might be a better way to think about it. Um, so that's top down versus bottom up. Cool. So let's kind of, you know, lots of people will say, because it's true about them, 
I haven't experienced severe trauma yeah. or I haven't had that example that you gave yeah. happen to me. Yeah. But we all experience stress, which has a very similar effect. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about that and the connection yeah. between stress and trauma? And yeah. So the connection between stress and trauma is just that trauma is, is an extreme form of stress. Right. right? So the, if you look at um, like the example that we gave of the sexual abuse, that it, that's a really stressful <laughs> experience, yes, right? That overwhelmed, not only the body wanted to run and protect itself, but also overwhelmed a child's capacity to be able to integrate that experience. Um, so, but, but dysregulation can come from much less intense experiences. Like we've, I think we've given the example of having a really stressful job, um, and how healthcare workers and first responders and, uh, people, people that work in really highly stressful jobs can have a lot of anxiety, insomnia, depression, just being generally checked out of life. Right. Yeah, those are all signs of dysregulation. So sometimes you'll hear in the somatic world, people talk about big T trauma versus little T trauma. Right. Yes. And so little T would be the car accident right. or the really uh, intense day that you had at work or things like that. So I think sometimes, yeah, stress is a better word that people connect with more. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that we have talked about, and this is like in some sense we could say if we were to write a book or you were to write a book, this would be your contribution mm -hmm. to the okay. whole narrative is the cups, <laughs> right? And it's been something that's really been helpful in our community for people to think about, yeah. you know, I have this cup and it, they're different sizes and they can handle a certain amount of stress. I, I love the example you gave. Well, that's a sad example, but about one of your clients who uh, really was in a stressful situation, yeah. but was able to handle life. Yeah get you know at least on the outside she was handling right, life right. but then she got in a minor car accident mm -hmm. where everything went bad right but yeah she wasn't injured the person wasn't injured but it was it was what filled it was the it tipped the cup over right yeah um can you just talk about cups just really short yeah. to give us a little bit of yeah a, i think the only tricky part with with my cup analogy right is that we have the opposite even so much that we first talked about it i even confused myself that people say like oh you want to fill your cup up you know yeah. those are the yes. so it is the opposite. the opposite it is the opposite sorry but yeah so the things that that uh fill up your cup would be stressors yes. and things that empty your cup out you know what it occurs to me maybe Maybe it's more, it should be the analogy of like the lifeboat, right? Because people will connect to that. Like you don't want your boat to get filled up with water. That's true. Yeah. So maybe we could say it like that. That might be better. Your lifeboat is full your of life water. Your lifeboat is full of water. <laughs> Those are the stressors, right? Yes. And so our practice of um, how do we get that water out of there um, to keep things at a manageable level right. is things like self-care and taking time for integration and taking time to step back and relax. Yes. Yeah. And to think about things and process through things also. I think that that can be one of the most important things to allow the process to happen organically of allowing your brain to sort through and tell the story. Yeah. So it's not something that you have to force. Right. Right. Very and we good. never want to force somebody into telling a trauma story. No. But, you know, we do this naturally where we, we want to come home and vent. Yes. You know, right. or we want to. I sat I, I sat with a young man once. So we had a, there was a car accident like right outside our house. And uh, we went running outside and I could see that, you know, the paramedics hadn't arrived or anything like that. He was he didn't have any injury. So this was appropriate to do at that time. Um, but just 
sat with him and gave him just tried to reorient him because he was in pretty severe shock right um and was kind of going into panic states and things like that and so one of the things that you do whether it's that extreme or whether it's just more minor that you got fired or something is to help a person orient and organize the information so even just talking about it can be something that that helps to empty your cup. Right, right, and it, it creates some things that, in your brain that are new and different that aren't happening. So yeah, yeah. So like emotionally, it. it's very helpful. It's really relationally very connecting. But yes, at a neurobiological level, it reorganizes yeah. the structure of the brain. Kind of crazy. Yeah, good stuff, right? Yeah, it's, it is pretty cool. So one of the things that we talked about is that because of, especially as a child, you grow up, and and I I don't want to beat the lifeboat or cup thing to death, but I think it's good in thinking about it is that you can't expand your cup. And some of the expansion Mm -hmm. of that cup comes with having, we use this word integration, being more Mm -hmm. integrated, Mm -hmm. which requires a lot of practices and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, But to do that, I think you have to understand what's happening, even on a simple level of this, what you introduced to everybody that most people know about, but you add a little bit of a, a twist on it is the fight flight freeze and fawn Mm -hmm. and so i was wondering if you could just quickly cover those four because it's a state actually i don't think people realize we're in all the time yeah that we're constantly moving in and out of that state yes yeah yeah, so it'd be good to know about them yeah a little bit more yeah and i think we've talked about like we need to do a whole like very full podcast on on just this topic but just to, to give it briefly like um there's I think three major states that the nervous system can be in, and that's just you at rest. Um, and then there's the fight flight and then there's freeze fawn comes in. It's not to my understanding, it's not a, a nervous system state so much as a strategy that can be useful, um, when you're still, um, in a calm state. Right. Okay. So you're going along in your day and you're just, you know, sitting here doing a podcast with your friend or, you know, going to work or whatever, driving to work. And something happens that gives you a little, a little bump, a little catches your attention. Right. There's, you know, somebody makes a facial expression at you that, you know, or a car cuts you off or whatever. And you get this little sympathetic activation that, um, can put you up where you're on higher alert Right. And but what keeps you down there in the calm state is what we call like if the inner observer is still online, your cognitive function is still online, your frontal lobes can still process. And that's where you can use the fawn response. Right. That where you could like talk your way out of something or, you know, try to be socially pleasant in order to repair the fact that you just said something really offensive or something like that. Right. (laughs) Um, And then as the, the levels go up, like the level of the intensity goes up, you can get up into the fight or flight response and that's your body's self-protective response kicking in and saying what would be appropriate in this situation would be if you either ran or if you like started punching this person right and then if that doesn't work and that's not gonna work your body will take you up another level into the freeze response right and so that is really like a life-preserving nervous system state it's pretty much a shutdown right and so let me ask this question do you think clearly when you're at that state no and why do you not think clearly because your frontal lobes have gone completely offline so and it's not it's not a on off that as soon as you get into fight flight then you're gone (laughs) um but it, it yeah so there is a there is 
<clears throat> there is a space, I think, where you can maintain inner observer when you're fighting sure. or flighting. But when you get to freeze, no, no, it's gone. It's all gone. Because now your body is um, putting you into a state where it's just trying to conserve your life energy right. to make sure you stay alive. So most of your blood flow stops to the extremities of your body, including somewhat to your brain and goes into the core um, for lots of really fascinating reasons we can talk about later. Um, and this is where you can see dissociation and shock. Right. Right. So the the young man that I was helping, like he was in a freeze state and it seemed like he had a fairly healthy nervous system because I could see him kind of coming in and out of like he went up into to shock and you can see it, you know, in his body language and his facial expressions. And then I would give him, uh, you know, a push on his hands, like push, push, right? Because I'm trying to bump him back down into the fight response to like get his body to complete the cycle. And he would kind of come out of it a little bit and then go back up into freeze and like, okay, we're just going to wait and we're just going to let your body complete this cycle and it'll, it'll be fine. So, yeah. That's that's the shortest answer I can give. No, I think that's really good. Now, here's where I, I think this helps expand our cup a little bit. Yeah. It's just it, when we go into, let's just say your mother-in-law is coming over. Yeah. Right. And you have an adversarial relationship with your mother-in-law. Yes. Right. As you have a knowledge of her coming, mm -hmm. like she, and she's, this is the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's coming today. Mm -hmm. She's coming for lunch. Mm -hmm. You already that is elevating your already, nervous system yes. because you're you're actually choosing to put yourself in a place where a normal animal would not. Yes, yes, right? that's very true. <laughs> so the, a normal animal be like, mother-in-law will eat me. I'm leaving. Right. Yes. Right absolutely. I, but we as human beings choose to put ourselves in these places. Right. So at that point, what are some ways like that can help me mm -hmm. actually? Because you're talking about the inner observer. The inner observer is still online at right. that moment. Well, if you have a healthy nervous if system. If you have a healthy nervous right. Yeah. If not, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Okay, so. Yeah, well, and I think, like, that's, <clears throat> I see where you're going with it. And I think. Um, I'm glad you can see yeah, where I'm going one of the things. One of the things that I think is important to know is that as far as, like, expanding your cup and just knowing the size of your cup is to know that it's okay if, like, quote, normal everyday things send you up into higher states of activation. That's really right? good. Um, so, it, like, you know, my husband really struggles with a lot of anxiety. And so when we would go to the farmer's market, we figured out, and it took him a little while to pinpoint it, but, it, like, he figured out, like, this is too overwhelming for me. Like, all the people and all the noise, and, like, I can't. I can't do it, you know. And I remember looking at him one day, and, like, his pupils are just wide open, dilated. His pallor is, like, pretty gray. And I'm like, oh, you're in freeze. Let's leave. <laughs> you know and um for him like i think he struggled with it. he does struggle and i think a lot of people that have that response struggle with i shouldn't be this way right so there's there's this idea that there's something wrong with me right yeah and i think it is much more common um to have a dysregulated nervous system than people know i i think I think what, you know, this podcast and then just a lot of the research that I've been doing is, I think what was eye-opening is that how it's just so normal. Yeah. To, I yeah. think that, that yeah. it, we all are in this state 
yeah. a lot. Yeah, because like as we've talked about a little bit, our, our culture and our society and just the way that we're living in and of itself puts our, yes. our nervous system into a stress state. Because that's the, the interesting thing, right, with these three different states of the nervous system is there there's nothing wrong with any of them. Right. The point is that it becomes a problem when you escalate too quickly um, and can't keep your inner observer online when maybe it would be helpful to do so um, or when the state that you're in doesn't match the environment that you're in. So if you are at a football game and somebody's being a jerk to you and you lose it and turn around and like chew them a new one, you know, like that that's kind of problematic. That can be problematic, you know, right. or if you're having an argument with your wife and or your husband and, and you just fly off the handle and say a bunch of things that you didn't really mean and then calm down and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> what, have, what have I done? Um, so, yeah. So I think the, the first thing to know is it's OK to have whatever reaction you have to your mother-in-law coming over you know, for for lunch. Um, And the important part is just to know what your response is. So the first thing you do is check in with yourself. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Eric Seepin. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.